You're listening to the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Klein. I've created a signature coaching program for law students to show you how to build confidence, design your dream life, create wealth, and thrive in law school and beyond. I am here to show you how to work on both your money and your mind so you too can become a wealthy future lawyer. Let's get started, squad. Welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. We are going to be chatting about a very, very important topic, how to overcome anxiety in law school. And just in general, we're going to talk about why why is anxiety happening? Why are the depression rates so high? And what can we do about it? And we're also going to go into some really important resources that are out there if anyone needs help. I want to start out this episode by saying that I am an attorney. I am not a mental health professional. I myself have coaches, but I also work with a therapist that I meet with every single week and I have for years. And it has been so, so instrumental for my own mental health, my own mental well-being. Um, and so I just want to say if, there, if anyone needs to seek mental health, definitely seek out a professional but I do hope that the information that we're going to be discussing today and the tips that I'm going to be sharing that I've used and that I know can help to mitigate and overcome anxiety and um, you know, depression, I think it's going to be a really great episode. I think you're going to get a lot of value. And I hope that if you are experiencing anxiety, depression, any other mental health struggles that you know, number one, that you're not alone, and especially in law school, um, you're going. We're going to talk a lot today about why why these mental health issues are happening, what we can do about it, ways that we can make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in law school and once we go out into the world as attorneys or whatever it is that you choose to do with your career path and your life. Um, so let's dive in. I, I was preparing for this episode and I was reading some of the studies that I've read before. I, I've read a lot of different studies on mental health in law school as I created over the past few years, the law school blueprint for her, I did a lot of different reading on this topic. And um, I actually found a new study today when I was doing some research for this episode of a very recent um, study that was done by Bloomberg Law uh, at the end of last year. And unfortunately, the, the numbers are becoming even more troubling when it comes to mental health in law school. The, the study that was done at the end of last year by Bloomberg Law reported that over 75 of students who responded reported increased anxiety because of law school-related issues, and over 50% uh, reported experiencing depression. Those numbers are getting higher, and it's, it's definitely very concerning. Um, over half of the 1,000 surveyed law students acknowledged that their well-being was worsened during the fall 2022 semester of law school, uh, 32% of respondents stated that their well-being slightly worsened, and 26% said that their well-being had significantly worsened. And when it was broken down by gender, the study did find that students who identified as female or non-binary were reporting that their mental health was worse than those who identify as male, although um, the difference, 26% uh, of females and 22% of males uh, versus 38% of those who identify as non-binary. So the, the numbers are are a little startling and, and concerning. So 
Um, I, I had not read those numbers before I picked the topic of this episode, so I'm so glad that I did because I really think that even just talking about this and the fact that these mental health struggles are occurring in law school is so important to remove the stigma. You know, knowledge is power, talking about things is power, and so making sure that we acknowledge that this is happening and that if you feel this way either all the time or intermittently, it's you're not alone. Uh, you're definitely not alone. Um, it's, it is concerning and I think that the more we talk about it and the more that we don't just push it away and not just talk about it like once a year at like a mental health summit in law school or whatever it may be, the more that people will get help, that they'll focus on their mental health, that they'll meet with coaches like myself or therapists who are out there to really, especially those who are, have experience working with law students or attorneys, um, I think it will just it will improve the law school experience and the mental health of our our career as attorneys just in general. Something that I found interesting um, as I was preparing for this episode as well is some studies were thinking that perhaps people that are going to law school are already predisposed to um, worse mental health. And actually the research kind of startlingly showed that most law students actually start at a similar mental health standpoint as the rest of the population. Other grad students, medical students, undergraduate students, just the general population as well of non-students. And the best information from a lot of these studies actually showed, um, this is from the ABA, the Path to Lawyer Wellbeing from 2017, that prospective law students are completely similar to other Americans when it comes to mental health on the first day of law school, but the incidences of depression and anxiety and other mental health concerns actually skyrocket when you pass the threshold into law school. Why is this? Why is this happening? What can we do about this? Because in my opinion, I strongly believe that this is not how it has to be. I think that in law school, there has been this culture that this is the way that it was always done. You have to go through the fire, walk through hell, go through the hazing process in order to become a good attorney. And I actually think that's completely BS. I think it's an outdated way of thinking. And it just seems that in law school and in the practice of law, we have been a little bit slower to adapt and to, you know, reframe and readjust how we're doing things and making sure that we're doing things the way that actually benefits the law students. Like, is that the most beneficial way to make sure that we have good law lawyers coming out of law school? I, I don't think so. I think that's actually bananas. I think that's crazy. Um, so I think what's happening, and I think the studies have shown that, you know, you you find yourself dropped into most of the time completely unprepared into this hyper competitive kind of adversarial setting, whether the competition is among you and other law students or professors are kind of creating this like ecosystem where they pit students against each other or they try to make someone feel dumb or like they don't know what they're talking about when they're questioning them and, and you know going through the Socratic method in class. And I think that there's also this kind of culture and thought process that you have to kind of be that really tough, you know, badass, like 
unemotional person to be a successful attorney. You know, we think a lot about the types we like I talked about in, in the last episode with lawyer Britt talking about, you know, you have to have this like one way of operating and going to these sexy areas of law, you know, criminal or these like high profile litigation cases to be considered a successful attorney. And I'm here to tell you, I, I completely practice with Flourish Law Group and my entire career has been almost entirely transactional law, estate planning and tax planning. I did a little bit of tax controversy with the IRS and the Florida Department of Revenue, which barely felt like litigation. Um, it was like the most slow moving process and very, for the most part, not sexy whatsoever. But other than that brief experience with litigation, I have been a purely transactional attorney. I plan to only stay a purely transactional attorney. Maybe I'm not considered like the prototype of a quote unquote, um, like badass overpowering. Like me, I, I mean, in my opinion, I don't see myself in that light. And I think that I have found great success and satisfaction and happiness in my law career. And so I think we need to step away from the mindset that you have to be one particular way, look a certain way, act a certain way, go into a certain area of law in order to be quote unquote successful. I think what's also happening, and maybe you can relate to this, is when you were in undergrad, when law students were in undergrad in university, you were probably one of the smartest people in the room. You know, you probably didn't, maybe maybe not for everybody, but maybe you didn't have to study as hard. Maybe things came to you a little more naturally. Maybe you were able to cram for exams, not show up to class and still do well or well enough. And I think what happens in the law school educational setting environment is it's very easy to feel lost and like an imposter because you really do have to prepare for the most part, unless you're like this crazy super genius who just has like this legal brain. <laughs> I was not that person. I had to study very, very hard to do well in law school. I did do well, but I put in a lot of work and a lot of effort to get there. And I definitely, I know I've said this on other episodes, I definitely felt like an imposter many, many times in law school, many, many times in my law career. Um, and I think that's what happens. I think people feel lost. They feel like they don't belong. They feel like they're just thrown this immense amount of material and reading and it's unfamiliar. And so I know I've said this in past episodes, but it's no surprise that we're having these mental health struggles, especially when the law schools kind of perpetuate this thought process where you need to understand and you need to just suck it up and we're going to yell at you and, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, we kind of have this like only the strong survive mentality in law school where where I think all different types of personalities and types of like communication styles and extroverts versus introverts, I think everyone, if they want to, can become successful in law or whatever it is that they choose to do. I don't think you have to be this like one prototype in order to be successful. I think what's also happening is it's this expectation that you will put everything else to the side, relationships, hobbies, working out, you know, healthy eating, whatever it is that you just need to eat, breathe, live, sleep, law school. And I don't think that there's any way that for most people that that could lead to a healthy, you know, mental well-being. I know for me, it didn't. I definitely um, I was pretty good about spending time with friends outside of law school. I did have a boyfriend. He's now my husband. And I was pretty good about making sure I spent time. But there were many times I didn't go to activities. I didn't go to events. I said I was too busy. 
I put, you know, working out to the side. I definitely was drinking like six cups of coffee some days, you know, during law school. I have this very vivid memory of sitting in my room at like two in the morning trying to get through all the case reading for, I don't remember what class, I think it was contracts, 1L year. And I was sitting there just chugging coffee from like a cold coffee pot. Like literally I had the coffee pot in my room at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. and just thinking, this is not healthy. This is, is this the way that it's supposed to be? How am I supposed to get through all of this reading? There's just literally not enough hours in the day. I think I went home and started reading like right after school. So it's, it really is just, it should be no surprise, you know. Um, and I think that it's also become, or it always has been rather, a stigma that we don't talk about our mental health. And I do think that our generation is getting better and the generations coming behind us are getting better about talking about mental health. I always try to tell everybody that I have a therapist. I always say it's like going to the gym or like maintaining your car like you should always be meeting with someone to the extent that you can to talk about your mental health, make sure everything's good. You don't want to just wait until things have gone completely off the rails. If you've done that, that's totally fine. There's never a wrong time to start. But I'm a firm believer in it, telling everyone that I have a therapist, talking about it, and trying to make sure that that information is not as stigmatized as it has been in the past. So let's talk about some tips to overcome and mitigate, especially anxiety, but depression as well. And again, if you if you need mental help, if you truly are struggling, I highly suggest meeting with a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, making sure you get the help that you need. I'm going to offer some resources at the end of this episode, but sometimes we just need to focus on our mindset. We need to work through how we're looking at life, how we're thinking about things, reframe. And sometimes that is sufficient to just reshift our brain, especially when we're in law school, especially when if you're entering law school with um, a, a fairly or really healthy mental health you know, standpoint, if you're starting from a good foundation and you're kind of getting um, you know, tossed around and, and thrown off course by the law school experience, I firmly believe that working on your mindset and understanding your brain can truly help you to overcome and mitigate, um, especially, especially anxiety. So my first tip, and this is something that has worked immensely for me, and I know it has worked for my, my students as well, is making sure that you don't ignore anxiety or any other quote unquote negative feeling. When we ignore how we feel, when we push it to the side, when we try to drown it out with food or alcohol or overworking, overstudying, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, when we do that, we don't actually solve the problem. We just numb the problem. We numb the issue. It's so important to sit down and sit with the feelings that you're experiencing. Lean into the feelings. You know, we are humans having a human experience. It is completely normal for us to have positive feelings, negative feelings, neutral feelings. You know, just I, I say in the law school blueprint a lot that some anxiety is good. Some anxiety is good for not only back in the day and like caveman and woman days, it was good for survival. You know, that's that's one of the reasons we have anxiety as human beings. 
we needed it to make sure that we weren't getting, you know, eaten by the lion and that we had that fight or flight type of mentality. It was literally essential to our survival. Now, you know, I've, I've said this, I think, in past episodes, we don't have the, the mountain lion or whatever it may be chasing us most of the time in our modern world, and our modern society. So our brain has simply replaced that mountain lion with law school, job, relationships, traffic, you know, whatever it may be, fill in the blank, whatever it is that's giving you that anxiety. And so sitting down and understanding what you're feeling addressing what you're feeling and leaning into it is so, so important. That is why I talk so much in the Law School Blueprint for her. And in my own life, I implement journaling. Journaling out will really, it will amaze you the things that will come up for you when you start to put a pen to paper, or I guess you could do it on the computer. But I think there is just something very special and real and tangible about putting a pen to paper and just writing out, especially in the morning, doing like a brain download of how you're feeling, what are you experiencing, what are you going through? And if you're sitting here telling me in your head, Lauren, I don't have time for this, I can bet you that when you wake up in the morning, you're scrolling Instagram or some other social media or doing something else for at least 10, 15 minutes. So you definitely have the time. That is a story that unfortunately we do tell ourselves a lot in life and in law school, but you can even set your alarm for 10, 15, 20 minutes earlier and just sit and just write while the morning and you know, the day hasn't kind of started yet and all the stressors haven't really popped in yet and just sit with yourself, sit with your feelings, sit with your emotions and, and just dive into what am, I, what am I feeling? Is this beneficial? Do I want to keep feeling this way or do I want to reframe it or do I want to completely shift away from this thought process? So for example, when it comes to anxiety, especially anxiety on a more mild scale, let's call it situational anxiety in law school, you know, you're, you're worried about getting called on in class and you have this one professor who's kind of a jerk and you, you're worried that she's gonna call on you and you're gonna feel stupid that day. Again, the mountain lion like mentality, we think we're gonna die because of that. It's not likely that that is going to kill you. So if you're sitting there and you start to think, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this. The reason I feel anxious is I think that I didn't read the case thoroughly enough. Or the reason I feel anxious is I'm not an attorney. How am I supposed to understand the elements of this crime or what, you know, whatever it is? If you sit there and you think, okay, I'm feeling anxious because this is something new. This is something I have never done before. It is normal that I feel anxious. If I didn't feel anxious, that would actually be kind of strange. I just am feeling this way because it's a new environment or because I'm not sure how it's going to go. I don't want to be surprised by the experience. I don't want to be yelled at. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't whatever it is. And when you start to sit with it and really break down why you're feeling like it, like the way you are, what happens so many times for me and for my students is it takes away the power of that emotion, the power of that feeling. And you start to just realize oh yeah, my brain is, I have a human brain. It's, it's like a computer that has like certain reactions and functions. And if I can just break it down and analyze and understand it and reframe it even sometimes, or just completely say, I don't want that feeling anymore. It really does make a big difference. This is, it almost sounds oversimplified, but I can promise you it is so powerful. I do this in my daily life. 
especially when I was going through the phase of my life that I talk a lot about where I was going into big law and I was experiencing tons of feelings of imposter syndrome. I did this every single morning. I wrote out, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like I don't belong here? Is it because I didn't go to like the best law schools because I didn't come from the a you know, rich family, I didn't come from X, Y, Z, whatever stories I was like concocting in my head and believing that they were truth. You know, I, I really, it helped me to relax, to feel empowered and to reframe. And a lot of the times I would, I would say to myself, I'm anxious, but I'm also excited. I'm excited about this opportunity. I'm excited about the cases that I'm gonna be working on. I'm excited about the clients that I'm gonna meet. Yes, am I scared I'm not gonna know the answer to something or I'm gonna be assigned this very difficult memo or you know whatever it may be. But if you can sit there and you can reframe, I'm nervous, I'm anxious about this law school experience, but part of that is that I'm excited. I've told myself I was going to do this. I made the promise to myself that will help you so, so much. It will give you the feeling of empowerment and it will take the power away from that emotion. My next tip is making sure that you put yourself first. This is true in law school and this is true in the rest of the world. It is very unlikely that anyone else, we all have family that love us, but most likely you are the one who needs to really put yourself first, your mental health first, your self-care first, because no one else is going to put it first like you will. It's you, you wanna take care of number one. And like I said before in this, earlier in this episode, law school is gonna throw a million things at you and they are not worried so much about whether you're gonna be able to handle it or whether you're going to be healthy mentally as you go through this experience. And so making sure that you do set aside that time to journal, you do set aside that time to work out, you put it in your calendar and you treat it like you would a, a coffee date with a good friend that you haven't seen in a while. You are likely not going to cancel on that friend. You wanna see that friend. You wanna catch up with them. You care about them. You don't want them to feel like you've let them down. And that is what you need to start to do with yourself. Put it on your calendar, make sure it happens and treat it as a very, very important date. Something else that I kind of piggybacking off of all of this that I talk a lot about in the law school blueprint and that again, I have, are you starting to see a trend? So many things that I talk about in the blueprint are things that I have implemented in my own life, my law career. I wish I had these things in law school. I definitely was not implementing them back then. But so many of the things I talk about are based on my own experiences and seeing what actually works. Now, of course, things that work for me may not work for you. It's all about trying things out, figuring out how your brain works, figuring out who you are and what you want. But something else that is super important and that's going to truly help you overcome so much anxiety in law school and build up a lot of self-confidence is keeping promises that you have made to yourself. So going back to that example of working out, keeping that promise to yourself, knowing that you're going to put yourself first, keeping promises to yourself about studying, about you know meeting with a professor. If you have, if you you made a goal of you're going to go to your professor's office once a month, you know during the semester, keeping that promise to yourself will continue to build up that confidence. And the more that you build up your confidence your anxiety, I'm not saying it will ever go away. I, I mean, maybe it will, but 
it will help to take the power away from it to decrease the anxiety that you're experiencing. And I think what happens so many times when when you're in law school, and I know this happened to me, is you think it's just a few years. It's just three years, or if you're taking like a part-time program, it's four years or whatever it is, it's fine. I can handle this for X years. The problem is that this culture, this environment that's perpetuated in law school continues on into our legal careers. And it, that could be 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And so is this really the way that you want to live your life to enjoy your career? You know, you've worked so hard to get where you are. Probably not. And so just kind of reshifting even that focus of, okay, this is taking the time to take care of myself is literally an investment in my future lawyer self. When you start to think about it that way, it is, you know, so important. And making sure that you don't put this off until after graduation, because what happens is you, you finish law school, you take a little tiny bit of a break, you start studying for the law school exam, maybe you pass it the first time, maybe you don't, and then you jump into your career and it's just like it never stops. And so just now is a better time than ever to make sure that you are truly you know, taking care of yourself and taking inventory of, of your life and where you're going. I hope this has been really helpful. I do want to share a few resources that I found. Um, obviously, if you are not experiencing any significant mental health crisis, definitely consider um, joining us in the Law School Blueprint for Her and the Wealthy Future Lawyers Squad Mastermind. I have info sessions every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Come meet with me, meet with some other prospective students, check out the program, check out everything that I do in the Law School Blueprint. Let's chat about how it could potentially help you in your law school career, finding success, overcoming anxiety, improving your money mindset, learning how to become a wealthy future lawyer. But in addition or as comp, you know, complementary to, you may also want to consider some other mental, some, you know, mental health resources with trained professionals. Um, I did some research and the, there are lawyer assistance programs um, in each state and they're generally not only for practicing attorneys and if they are, they will definitely point you in the right direction to get some um, assistance with any mental health issues that you may be struggling with. And uh, I, there are many law schools, I know at my own law school and other law schools in South Florida, there are mental health resources. I actually knew about it in law school and I never took advantage of it. And I regret that because I think that if I would have, I know, I don't think, I know if I would have met with a therapist at the school that it would have greatly reduced a lot of the things that I was going through. It would have normalized what I was experiencing. I'm sure they would have told me, look, you know, we can't tell you who else has been in here, obviously with for confidentiality purposes, but I'm sure they would have told me, look, Lauren, you are by far not the only one in here going through these same exact things. And I think that fact alone, even if I had only gone once, would have helped me so, so much. So I would definitely highly recommend reaching out to um, any of these lawyer assistance programs or um, the, your law school itself to see you know, what, they, what they may offer as far as mental health support. I hope this has been helpful. I truly hope that as we're going through these episodes that you're getting things from them, you're applying them to your own life and that it will truly 
help you to go on your journey to a very mentally healthy law career and help you to become that wealthy future lawyer that I know you will become. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Bye.